Being thankful is not always experienced as a natural state of existence. We must work, work at it with akin to the type of strength training for the heart. Larissa Gomez. In our everyday lives, finding gratitude is like taking a meaningful journey to know ourselves better. Larissa Gomez compares it to a tough workout for our feelings, showing how much effort it takes to develop thankfulness. Just as athletes train hard to make their muscles stronger, being grateful needs steady dedication and practice. In a busy world full of challenges, spotting things to appreciate becomes a choice we actively make in the middle of life's busyness. It's in the complex world that practicing gratitude becomes really important. Acting as a guide through life's ups and downs, helping us see the beauty within our experiences. I invite you to join us on this special Thanksgiving edition of the Fallible Man podcast as we explore practicing gratitude, even when it's difficult, with our special guest, Oliver Marcel. Here's the million dollar question. How do men like us reach our full potential, grow into the men we dream of being while taking care of our responsibilities, working, being good husbands, fathers, and still take care of ourselves? Well, that's the big question. In this podcast, we'll help you answer those questions and more. My name is Brent, and welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast. Welcome to the Fallout Bill Man Podcast, your home for all things man, husband, and father. Big shout out to Fallible Nation and a warm welcome to our first time listeners. My name is Brent. Today, I'm honored and excited to have my dear friend, author, speaker, and co-host of the Relationship Trade Secret Podcast, Oliver Marcel, on the show. Oliver, welcome back to the Fallible Man Podcast. Thank you, my brother. It's good to be back. This is awesome. <laughs> I'm excited, man. Now, we changed things up a little bit. How are you on your trivia? Ah, listen, let's let's see. Let's see. <laughs> All right. I thought it would be apropos to have Thanksgiving trivia. Okay. You said just do one question, but I got three three different multiple choice questions for you. So we'll see how you go today. All right. Here yep. we go. Whew. All right. Here we go. All right. Since this is the Thanksgiving edition, we're having Thanksgiving questions. So we'll see not only how your trivia is, but history. Okay. What is the percentage of Americans eating turkey for Thanksgiving? Is it A, 66%? B, 76%, C, 86%, or D, 96%. Hmm. What was, what was, what was A? 66%. Uh, I think that might be low. Let's, uh, let's go with, because there's a lot of vegans these days. <laughs> let's go with B. B, yeah. 76%. All right. Now. How long is the Macy's Thanksgiving parade route? Is it half a mile, a mile and a half, two and a half miles, or three and a half miles? I used to know this. I actually went to the Macy's Day Parade once. Yeah? I was just thinking, it's like, I haven't watched on TV in several years. Do they still do it? I think they still do it, yeah. Um, they step every year and watch it. It is... Oh, man, how long is that street? I can't remember. Let's go with... It and might be three and a half, but I don't know. Let's go with the let's go with B. Okay. And then the third Thanksgiving question. When was the first Macy's Thanksgiving parade? 1914, 1924, 1934, 1944. Yeah, that I, that's a this is a super say say it say it one more time. What what are the choices? 1914, 1924, 1934, or 1944. I'm going to go with 1934. 
All right. Now you guys playing at home, you know, the rules don't cheat. Don't break the, don't jump ahead. Don't breeze. Don't look it up on your phone. Make your guesses, write it down, save it for the end of the show. Please don't write it down. If you're driving, that's a bad idea. Now, Oliver, you've been on the show before, but just for any of our new listeners, take a minute and tell us who today is Oliver Marcel. Who today is Oliver Marcel. I love that you put that word today in there. So who am I today? I am a husband and a father and a grandfather who is learning. And I used to say learning late in life, but I've taken that late in life off of off of that statement i'm learning how to become a better person i'm learning more about myself and my approach to life and i'm learning more about how to embrace the journey that i'm on that's who i am today um that funnels into what i do which is uh, an author speaking in the relationship building and men's enrichment spaces and that learning that I'm going through that process of self-discovery that is continuing to happen in my life is giving me fuel in the way of uh, helping others to thrive in their relationships and helping men to win in every area of their lives. So that's who I am today. I'm just, I'm that guy, man, that regular guy who is just learning more and more about himself as these days go by. And I'm just flipping that immediately into serving others. Oliver, if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? Wow, that's good. Um, wow. So I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, it's a toss-up, but I'm, I'm going to go with being invisible. Being invisible. And, and the reason why I, I would love to be invisible is I believe that there are some, some things in life that, I don't know, I, I, feel, I feel like there's some things, scenarios in life that if I could step outside of it, but still be present somehow, that maybe the, the trajectory of those scenarios may Okay. I don't know. I know that's very broad, but <laughs> I, I, you know, I just feel like the ability to to step outside of a scenario for me would be, and still be present somehow. I think would be an awesome experience. Okay. If you could learn and master any skill instantly, what would it be and why? Um, speaking another language, I would imagine is a skill. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That that's that's if I could do that instantly, that I'm going with that. <laughs> I'm going with that because I would love to be able to insert myself into other cultures, other ethnicities, other countries, other spaces, and just touch down and immediately hit the ground running in terms of being immersed in that the language. Okay. What purchase of a hundred dollars less you made in the last year that's had the biggest impact on your life? Let me think about that. Um, dollars or less. That's a good question, bro. I've, I've gotten a couple books that have been that have been great. Um, 
my wife and I um, had had an experience, if you want to call it that, where we we went off and um, went went out for a twenty four hour. Mm-hmm. Um, that was very impactful uh, because we experiences, and so to be able to actually do something cool like that, that was good. So I'll go with those two. There's a couple books that have been very instrumental, and and that that experience it just popped into my head. So it must be significant. The 24 hour date. Okay, 24 hour date. You'll have to give us a breakdown. What is a 24 hour date? So for the 24 hour date, what we did was uh, I was able to find a uh, very inexpensive. I got a deal actually through, uh, I forgot. It was like some coupon or something I had, but I got a great deal on a hotel room for one night and it was a really nice room, but it was really inexpensive. So what we did was we spent the whole day together. So starting in the morning, we, uh, drove out. It was about an hour and change from where we are. So drove out to that area hung out for the day, had, you know, a, a good meal for breakfast, hung out for lunch and went and got some, there's some cupcakes that my wife loves in this particular place where we were. So we went and got the cupcakes, went and got some food, checked into the hotel room, stayed there over, overnight. Next morning, did the same thing again. So went out, had breakfast somewhere, came back closer to our home, had lunch. And by that time we had gone through 24 hours. Okay. You managed to do that all in a hundred bucks. I did. Wow. Okay. Now I'm really impressed. <laughs> I didn't. Well, you know what? I, I, so to be fair, if you count gas. Okay. No, we'll, we'll skip over gas. Then I probably went over the fact that you I got those meals and stuff in there along with the, yeah, yeah, that's, that's impressive. Yeah, We did, we did, we did some, we, we, we have, uh, we've gotten good at, I guess you could say figuring out where the deals are and, and attempting to create experiences on using very little. Cause we know what it's like. I, I'll be honest. You know, you, you're my brother. I, I can be transparent with you. We, we know what it's like to not necessarily have amount of cash you'd like for a particular experience. So then we good at being, getting creative, right? So where can we go? You know, breakfast might not be this whole like big, you know, uh, humongous breakfast buffet, right? But mm-hmm. breakfast might be, you know, coffee and a cheese Danish. And we wanted to get the cupcakes, so we knew we had to do that. So we did the cupcakes and small little meal that went along with that. And then, you know, just having fun. Mm-hmm. You know, you just you you find out how to have fun with that. So the room, what made it. What made it great is that the room, now that I'm remembering, now that I'm telling the story, the room actually, if I'm not mistaken, didn't cost us anything because of the way we got it. I had a free room. That's what we did. So I get my rooms typically when I'm traveling through an app. Mm-hmm. And after you after you uh, booked a certain amount of rooms, you get a room free. And that was what we used it for. That now I'm remembering. That's why that's why it didn't cost us that. The room we paid nothing for because I used my free room for that. Now, guys, if you want to learn more about how to do things like this, okay, you need to go check out Oliver and Denise's channel and their podcasts. And they have very real conversations about these kind of experiences with your spouse, making the most of every day, dating your spouse, 
spending time in the relationship with people who matter to you, right? So if you want to dig into some insights, they, they've got the experience and they've got a great channel on this. Highly encourage you to go over and check that out. Oliver, what are you most proud of? I'm so I, I'm going to, there's a lot of things, but I'm going to shine the spotlight on me for a second. The thing I'm most proud of, man, is the growth that has taken place over the last several years in, in, in me particularly. Um, I'm really proud of that because there are some things that, and, and, you know, I, I wrote a book about my experience in self-discovery. There's some things that I kind of ideologies that I really had held on tight to that I felt worked for me and just recognizing that growth needed to take place. And then actually stepping through that, that that's something I'm really proud of. I'm a very different guy today than I was 10 years ago. What's one random fact that people don't know about you? This is always a question, difficult question for my guest. Mm -hmm. A lot of you guys live a very public life between, you know, social media and podcasts or books or YouTube. You, you live very, very public lives. So what's a fact that random fact that people just don't know about you? And it can be anything like I don't, mm. I don't eat peas. Mm, okay. Uh, like of all the things I was doing in an elimination diet, like peas give me horrible gas. I had no idea until like I cut everything out of my diet for about a month and started back up and I started adding things in, right. The elimination style. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> this is the only vegetable I ever liked as a kid. And right. Like, now I gotta things, get, I gotta get rid of it. It hurt so bad. <laughs> um, man, something that people don't know about me. Um, at first, I, at first, I was going to say that I'm uh, that I, I'm a musician, but I, I think a lot of people know that by now. Um, I would say that something that people probably don't know about is that I have um, I've done I, I've done some some really interesting jobs in life, right? So, um, I've been a janitor. And I've been a, I, I've been a runner for an auto broker. Like I've had some really like, like what even is that kind of jobs? You know what I mean? Like what, what, what is that? <laughs> but yeah, I've, I think I've, I've had some, I've had some interesting, um, some interesting jobs in life. One thing that uh, a lot of people may not know is that at one point in my life, I was considering uh, becoming a, a a pastor. Okay. What is one thing that everyone should know about you before we dig into the point of today's show? Man, something everybody should know about me is that I am, I am passionate about seeing relationships thrive. I mean, that I didn't know how deep that passion was within me, but man, you, I'm a quiet guy by nature, which is another thing that a lot of people who see me publicly probably don't know or even believe but i am a i am a, a very much an introvert and very quiet but you get me talking about ways to improve and to supplement in a way that causes your relationship to thrive man i'll talk you into <laughs> i'll talk you into next year <laughs> doing that so yeah that's something i want people to know i i i want to see your relationships thrive. 
and I'll do whatever it takes to, to help you get there. Now, guys, like I said, if you've been around the channel a long time, you may have met Oliver before. He's been on the show uh, in different capacities. Him and his wife, Denise, have both been on the show, both with our live stream and with the podcast. We've done a couple episodes together in the past. Uh, Oliver has been a sp regular speaker at my men's conference. And I want to take a few minutes for all of you who are newer to the show to get a chance to get to know who Oliver is. Uh, and you will find out as the show goes on why this man just, we're, we're tight. This, this is my brother from another mother. Indeed. This is a guy I spend hours on the phone with and we just text back and forth. Uh, I've had a lot of people I've gotten to meet from this job, but Oliver has just become one of my best friends in this. And he has a lot to offer you guys in the show today. So I wanted you to see who he is before we move into this part of the show. And then coming part of the show, we're going to talk about gratitude and appreciation when life is tough. Mm. Is That's hard for anybody, right? Yeah. And that's one of the most important times to practice gratitude. So we're going to roll our sponsor and we will be right back with more from Oliver and Marcel. Now, before we go any further, I wanted to share with you guys, I don't always tell you how much I love doing my podcast. Like I passionately love what I'm doing. And one of the things that makes my life better as a podcaster is to work with a company like Grow Your Show. Grow Your Show is a one-stop podcast do it all. Now, I use Grow Your Show for my marketing, but Grow Your Show is literally a one-stop shop. You can record your episode and just drop it off with them and they take it from there. It's amazing. If you are interested in picking up podcasting as a hobby, or maybe you're looking to expand your business and use podcasting in that aspect, Talk to my friends over at Grow Your Show. Adam will take care of you. I guarantee it. I trust him. He's my friend. He's my business colleague. And I wouldn't trust anybody else with my show. Guys, welcome back. In the first part of the show, we spent some time just getting to know who Oliver is. If you didn't know him, and if you're used to Oliver, then you're just having fun anyway. In this part of the show, we're going to dig into gratitude and appreciation when it's tough. Because let's face it, we all have difficult times. All of us have ups and downs. That's reality. Anybody who's saying anything different is trying to sell you something because that's just part of life. But gratitude is a vibrant practice no matter what's going on in your life. There's never a bad time to gratitude. Or let me rephrase that. There's never a bad time to be grateful, right? There's never a time where that's detrimental to your life. And in the worst times, that's some of the times that you actually need gratitude the most. So Oliver, from your perspective, why do you think it's harder to stay in the gratitude mindset or to practice gratitude when things are more difficult in life? Because a lot of people shy away from it. It's like prayer, right? Yeah. People shy away from it in the hard times. Yeah, it, it's, I think there, there are many reasons. I'm going to use myself. So for those of you who don't know me, excuse me, I am pretty transparent about my own experience. So I'm going to use myself to answer this question. For me, often, the, the hard times, the negative things, the things that I don't want to happen, the mishaps, whatever you want to call them, sometimes tend to overshadow the things that I grateful for. <clears throat> and so for me, I often now start to shift my energy to figuring out how I'm going to solve this problem or how am I going to make it over this, this hump or 
or even just wallowing in the, you know, why is this happening right now? This is the most terrible time that this could be, you know, and I kind of see my energy shifting away from looking for the areas and spaces that I grateful for and now shifting my energy, just living in that space. And, and that, and that's what happens for me quite often. Okay. I know personally, like, so this year, for the last year, some of my listeners know if you listen regularly, if you don't, for the last year, I actually come from the IT space. After a decade in the IT space, I took the last year off and just spent the year focused on trying to monetize this show. Uh, Fallible Nation is growing every day. We have a lot of listeners, a lot of downloads. I'm so grateful for all of you guys who share this show with your friends and your loved ones. And y'all have everything to do with the growth of the show. So the way podcasts make money, makes money usually is with advertising, right? Advertising pays for shows, just like television, just like radio, advertising pays for shows. But we're very selective as podcasters of who we work with because you trust us to not give you junk. So we're, we're very possessive and protective of our shows and very protective about who we work with because of that. So for the last year, my wife and I chose to live off our savings and try and find sponsors for the show to where it was financially stable on its own. I can just focus on the show. And this has not been a financially high year for us. Uh, money has gotten tighter and tighter. I'm actually looking at going back to work right now. And so finance is a really difficult thing for a lot of men. Like the minute we're not making X amount of money, whatever that number is in your head, we automatically considered ourselves failures, right? Uh, part of the role most men have in families is as a provider. And so you start to question your masculinity, you start to question your life choices. And it's been really difficult to focus on the blessings as the bills have gotten higher mm -hmm. and the bank accounts have gotten lower. Now, that's not to say that there haven't been a lot of blessings, but as that stress level from the financial situation has changed for me, it's been really hard to stop and appreciate some of the incredible blessings that have happened in this last year. And I think it's, it, I think you're on to something with the whole energy shift. Mm -hmm. That's been right, because you, you only have so much energy. Right. As a personal trainer, as a coach in that aspect, I like to explain to my clients, if you take a gallon jug into the gym with you, you poke a hole in the bottom of it when you start. Once you're out, you're out. You only have so much put in at the gym. Right. And the bigger that hole is, the faster that drains. Right. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing in the rest of your life. You only have so much emotional and psychological energy to put out before yeah. you're just exhausted. Yeah. And then here's what's the here's what's the crazy thing too, using that same analogy, is that even if you were to pour more into that bottle, because there's a hole in the bottom, you're just pouring in to for it to just gush right back out. And that happens too. Sometimes you're looking for, okay, gotta, you know, I gotta hype myself up. I gotta psych myself <laughs> out in order to get through this thing, but not to put the energy into looking for the blessing, but to have more capacity to deal with the hard time, 
right? And so that 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 hap- that does happen quite often. It does. Oh yeah, it's uh, and, and so I think I think you're definitely on something with that. And I'd love to hear our listeners feedback on on those thoughts as well. It just seems the more you focus, and we talk about perspective a lot here, and gratitude is a perspective. Yes. Right. Now, it's a perspective, but it's also a discipline. That's why I read the quote at the beginning of the show. And if you guys don't remember that quote, let me read it again. It's being thankful is not always experienced as a natural state of existence. We must work at it akin to some to a type of strength training for the heart. There is, it's not a natural state of being. Yeah. I mean, so you're a grandfather, mm-hmm. right? I've got two girls. You've got grown kids and a grandchild now. Are little kids inherently generous early on? Little kids are not inherently generous. Are they inherently grateful? (laughs) Are they inherently grateful? Um, that's a good question. Actually, I'm trying to think now of my with my kids and my my grandson. Um. I'd say yes to a degree. To a degree? Yeah. Um, now, I can just be basing this off my experience. <laughs> I, and why I say to a degree, because kids get excited about the stuff that excites them. And they get really frustrated about the stuff that frustrates them. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like where you fall, right? So if if I give, so my grandson in particular he man if you he he likes donuts and so he doesn't have donuts all the time it's a really special kind of thing for him because he's only going to get them once in a blue moon so if he gets a donut then he's like over the moon it's like he won the lottery you know when he's getting when he's handed this donut where for us that's like listen it's just a donut like we're glad you're so happy but we don't get it right so, and that's why I said, that's why I said to a degree, because sometimes if doesn't get the donut for some reason, let's say he thought he was going to get it, man, it's been, it's been, it, it seems like a special day today. So maybe I might get a donut mm-hmm. and he's like, so Pat, can we go to Dunkin' Donuts? And I'm like, no, not today. It's like the world end. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so it, it kind of depends, but that's a great question. I have to ponder on that about them being inherently grateful. I know my children have had to be taught to say thank you. And I know frequently they have to be reminded. Reminded, yeah. To say thank you, You're right? right? You're right. We're, we're big into please and thank yous here with our kids. Uh, in fact, my daughter called me out the other day because I was like, I, I like snapped at her and just wait, like motioned for her to give me something. She's like, can I get a please? Wow. I was like, <laughs> called out yeah big time (laughs) like and and i was like do i have to say it she's like well you make us say it i was like you know what that's a fair point fair (laughs) um but that's that's a good point you're right right now it doesn't mean that they didn't appreciate receiving it but i've watched so many kids right that you have to tell them to say thank you to somebody when somebody gives them something but they'll be really excited about getting giving getting it from them, right? Mm-hmm. But then they want to run off and play with it. They don't want to like stop and express any kind of gratitude. That's a great point, bro. And so, that speaks to something that we 
and I know we're going to talk, maybe talk about this later, but that definitely speaks to something from a very practical standpoint that we should be doing in right. terms of articulating it. So uh, that, that's why I'm wondering, is it an inherently natural state or is it purely a learned state or is there a little bit of both? For some people, gratitude seems kind of easy, even at least in the easy times, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you have people who are on the flip side. Like I'm, uh, I, I compared it to prayer earlier, right? Mm-hmm. I'm actually way better about praying when things are going well. Mm, okay. Things get hard. Got you. Whereas a lot of people seem to pray it's better the other way, right? Yeah, when things are hard, and not as much when they get easy. Mm, yeah. Right. Um, and where where I form that habit i have no idea with gratitude when things are going well i'm the same way i am find it a lot easier to practice gratitude when things are going well i'm learning to express gratitude and understand gratitude and practice my gratitude when things aren't but for some reason it doesn't seem as hard to me now to experience gratitude when things are difficult as it used to be. Okay. But it's something I've tried to make a conscious practice out of in the last couple of years. Um, I, I, I interviewed a guy and I told you about the book, Stephen Crane called, wrote a book called, I can appreciate that. And it really at the time called me on the carpet about it. Cause like, do I stop to be appreciative when life sucks? Huh? Hmm. Because he tells some stories yeah, in there and it's like, that's major. I have no idea how you practice gratitude in that moment when you're dealing with that. He's like, it was not easy. Mm. And so I've been trying to be more conscientious about it. Mm-hmm. But I know like we got people listening right now who are, they, they've got a dead end job they hate mm-hmm. or they're unemployed or money's tight or they've had some health issues in the family, whether it's them or someone they care about that's just weighing on them. Yeah. Right. When life is difficult, how do we focus on more gratitude? One idea that I, I, I was pondering was, you know, looking at moments of resilience mm-hmm. and strength, right? So holding up under those pressures, I think is something we can reach for with gratitude. Mm, okay. Right? Mm-hmm. When you're having to go through that situation, because that, that situation's hard to go through. Yeah. It's, it, you got me thinking, man. That's why I'm not saying much, but you know, <laughs> I mean, because here's the thing. This this conversation is so right on time because over the last, uh, I'd say maybe six months or so, everything that I've read, it's been with intention. And it's been in under the vein of, of gratitude because that's something that I have really, for this year, 2023, have really made a, a focal point in my own growth. Because out to, like I said, I am very good for allowing the hard things 
to overshadow the things that I should, that I can be grateful for. And so I, I'm making a push. And so as you're thinking, I'm like, man, okay, I'm looking, I'm thinking back over the, the acrobatic acrobatics that I've been doing over the last six months, you know, in, in, in this area. And I do, I do agree with you that there, there, the, the level of intention that it takes to redirect, if you will, your thought process in hard times, I think is a reason why some of us don't are not as grateful as we probably should be is because we don't, we don't, we're not intentional in that area about redirecting. And, and I'll use myself for as, as an example, sometimes it's not so much about how you begin the process as long as you end up with gratitude. And so sometimes for me, I get down on myself because my initial response to the hard times was to send all my energy in that direction. And then, so I just stay there. I'm like, well, I'm already, you know, it's like falling in a puddle. You're like, well, I'm already muddy now. Let me just go ahead and just stay in here. But you have the opportunity to redirect as well. And I think that that is an important thing to remember too, that you can do that. You can redirect your thoughts, even if you start out a certain way to something that will allow you to now be grateful. Well, and I think that's where kind of where I was hitting it, hitting it with that, right. Mm -hmm. Is how often have you gotten through the day? Right. And you've, you're, you're just tired. You're, Maybe, maybe you work a physical job. Maybe you don't, but you're mentally and emotionally tired and all of you listening know the difference. Okay. Mm -hmm. We all know, like if you go out and do a hard day's labor and get through it successfully, you actually can feel really good about that. A lot of times it's when it's emotionally and mentally exhausting for you because of various stress points. It's those, those are the really tired days, right? But if you're struggling with gratitude, because life is not fun right now, right? Reach into the fact that you're resilient enough to have gotten through another day, right? You have a choice every day to show up, yep. right? You talked about, you've been intentional about your reading. You've been intentional about some of the other things you're focusing on this year. You have the choice to show up. And there are people who just quit. There are people who just give up. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about a job or like there are people who just throw their hands up and like, you know what? I'm done. Screw it. Yep. I don't care anymore. I'm not going to push anymore. I'm not going to fight anymore. I'm not going to put in the effort. So even when it's hard to be grateful because the situation is horrible, you don't have any money, you hate your job, you feel, you know, just disregarded you're still holding your head up, mm -hmm. right? You, you still got something going, go dig into that resilience. This carried you through to this moment. Yeah. That's and good. Think, and think, Hey, you know what? At least I had that. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. I think too, man, I'm, I'm going to tell you something I'm learning. I'm learning something about myself. I, I have not put as much value 
or maybe I should say, well, I could say it that way. I haven't put as much value on some of the things that I should be grateful for as I do the stuff that's happening in the hard time. So let me explain that. So like, for example, let's say I want to be successful in some area of business. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's say, uh, here's a great example. Here's a great example. This is a real world example. Want to do a group coaching experience, right? We did a group coaching cohort. It was phenomenal. Uh, had great fun with, with, with the couples, walked away learning things, phenomenal experience, great testimonials, the whole nine. We're like, all right, on the heels of that excitement, we're going to do another cohort. Nobody signs up. Right? Mm-hmm. So now... I'm, I am not placing any emphasis on all the wonderful things that I just shared with you that happened because in my head, they're not as valuable as the fact that I'm not going to get any money from this thing because nobody signed up. And, and what I'm learning is that sometimes we devalue things that we think are not as significant as the thing we're we're aiming for. And so when the thing we're aiming for doesn't work, we spend all our energy obsessing over that or trying to figure out how to deal with that. When the fact that what you just said, the resilience that you made it through another day is just as valuable and just as important as if you made a thousand dollars that day. And a lot of people can't, make that distinction a lot of us i'm me included can't make that distinction because i'm like i need that thousand dollars bro (laughs) so you just telling me oh well you made it to the end of friday or you made it to the end of the week Nah, that's not the same (laughs) you know and for me what i'm what i'm learning to do is really be intentional about understanding that that is the same i did make it to a certain point and that's a good may not it may not come with all the components that I would have wanted it to, but I did make it to that space or my family is well, or we had a great dinner last night or what, whatever those things are that we kind of sometimes tend to devalue. They are, they hold as much importance as the other things. And so for me, I'm just saying for me, that has been helpful because it helps me in my redirecting. So if the week hasn't, and, and here's a real world example. So as we're recording this, day that we're recording this, no, yeah, the day that we're recording this, the night before, I said to my wife, I didn't make the amount of money I was trying to make this week. And I did have a moment where I was like sitting in that emotion for a second. The very next thing I said to her was, but we made it to the end of the week and I'm going to try next week. We're going to see what we do next week, right? So I've been doing little things like that and that has been helping me to really kind of shift my thought process around what this looks like. And so that that's a big one for me, man. Just putting the right amount of value on certain things I think is important. Sometimes there's things, and here's an easy way to say it. There's things that we sometimes take for granted. And those things hold value. I think we, we live in such a culture these days with, and this isn't me bagging on social media like I usually do, because we all 
<laughs> if you listen to the show, you know I, I hate on social media a lot. But, and unfortunately, it's a regular part of my life because of what I do. And it's like, uh, my friends are like, you know, the irony in that, right? I was like, yeah. Exactly. Right. Trust me, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but because of social media, I think the amount of people in the world who have learned to compare themselves to other people has increased, right? Used to when we were going through life, right? When you journeyed through life, you knew the people right around you, like immediately around you, your personal circles. So your family, maybe your church, your school, your community, right? The people directly around you, sports teams you were on, the people at your work. These were, this was the world you interacted with. Mm -hmm. And so that was your comparison level. You heard about rich people. You heard about people who were doing extraordinary things, but you didn't see their lives. And it wasn't like the A, you know, the prime reel of everybody. That's the, that's one of the things that kills me with social media, right? It's everybody who puts their best moments on there. They don't put the screw ups on there. They don't put the hard times on there. They don't put the down times on there. Mm-hmm. Right. I laugh because so the two commercials or the movies have gotten it really well on a couple of movies where like you see the person like sprucing up their little place to make it look super and like, and, and they take all these stupid selfies and stuff like that making it look like they're living a good life mm-hmm. and they turn on the camera and the rest of their apartment is like just crap mm-hmm. it's trashed and they're they're barely surviving it's like why are we posing but yeah. i think that's one of the things that's right uh what's there's a famous quote i'm gonna misquote it it's right uh comparison is the thief of joy mm-hmm Yep, right. something like that. Yep. I think that's one of the things that's actually impacted. Is it's something that the current generations in the last thirty years or twenty years really has had to deal with mm-hmm. that wasn't as present in previous generations. Right. Uh, I'm a Gen Xer, and cell phones, like the first modern cell phones, came into existence when I was eighteen. Want to say, uh, like modern. I mean, there were bad phones, but you didn't send pictures with bad phones, mm-hmm. right? Even big brick phones look like yeah, military yeah. grade crap. You didn't send pictures on those, and there was no social media. There was no Facebook or Instagram or anything like that. No Snapchat. Um, so it's really only since the late '90s, like 2000 on, that people have really had this both blessing and curse of having global reach in the palm of their hand. And so you say we undervalue things, right? And part of that, I think, really comes from that comparison. Yep, I agree. Because we fill our brains with this constant feed of how everybody's doing better than we are. Mm -hmm. And I think it cheapens the stuff that actually really matters, right? You were saying, you know, making a thousand dollars versus just getting it through the week. I've lived both those lives. Mm-hmm. Me too. Right? <laughs> we were joking about some of the jobs we've had. I've lived both those lives. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had those weeks where it's like, and I, and I wish I could say they were hugely far apart from, you know, between decades of me living, but I've had weeks where it's just like, I got through the end of the week. And I was like, thank God I'm done. It's mm-hmm. over. I survived. We'll, we'll regroup this weekend and start again next week, right? Mm-hmm. 
And I've had other weeks where it's like, uh, I didn't make near as much as I should have this week. What's going on? Right. And, and that was the stressor. And those, those moments aren't really far apart. Those moments are honestly paycheck to paycheck for most people. Bro, they're not. Listen, I'll be honest. I've lived both of those two weeks you just described in the same month. <laughs> I live both of them in the same period of time, man. So I, I and, and you're right. And, and the social media piece is, it's rough, man, because what social media is, has done especially as of late is inundate us with what we should value and so it's telling us we should value these certain things and so when i look at all these things that social media is putting out front that i should value and then i look at what's in my backpack and i don't have none of those things now all of a sudden life is terrible for me right mm -hmm. but then i have a whole bunch of other things now that I'm ignoring that are phenomenal because I'm comparing what's in my bag to what's been held up as being the standard that you should be grateful for and nothing else matters at that point. And I, and you're right. A lot of people are living their lives according to that rubric. And it's, it is just disintegrating their gratitude. I'll, I'll give you guys a real life example of this because, you know, we try and be, completely transparent here on the show so i actually i told you i've been trying to go back to work i actually took a job for a couple months and ended up leaving that job not because it's a horrible job i had it, it was a good company it was stuff i could believe in like it was the problem was the time constraints mm. the lifestyle with it was an average i worked 70 to 72 hours a week now I have officially been working for, I, I did the math the other day, 27 years. Um, you, you're a little bit older than I am, but I, I started working and have been working since I was 16 years old. Every day since I was 16 years old. My first year working a job, I worked Christmas Day because mm. I was a ranch hand and cattle don't stop eating just for it, Christmas. Right, exactly. Right. So I've been working for 27 years and I worked a lot of years of 50, 60, 70 hour weeks to get to where I made enough money in my profession that I could work a 40 hour week. And that was it, right? That was a huge, like, I, I felt like such an accomplishment when I hit that point in my life of, I actually made a decent enough living that I could work 40 hours a week and pay my bills without having to work 50, 60, 70 hours a week. But I'm at a point in my life with two younger children that a lot of the guys I worked with were all younger twenties and, and they're a great group of guys. I, I got nothing but good thing to say about my coworkers and the company itself. Um, great group of guys, but most of them don't have families. Mm -hmm. Only two of them have kids or three of them have kids and two of those three have their kids part of the time. The only guy who's got his kids full time besides me, has been doing it for so many years. It's the lifestyle his family's used to. Mm -hmm. And so it's, and he's also worked his way up the company. So he has a little more leeway in his time than I did. But it's like, okay, well, I'm missing out on my children's lives now. Mm -hmm. yeah. And for me, right, gratitude centers around my family in a big way. 
They, sure. they are the thing I am most grateful for in my world. Nothing, nothing is bigger. It, it's God and family. And honestly, like, I'm not going to lie. God sometimes <laughs> on that hey. priority list. Hey, I hear, I understand. Right. <laughs> um, and so not having that time with mm. them and missing things they were doing was just, it was too much for me. So I had yeah. to go book for something else. Right now. Was that ideal for our financial situation? Probably not. I mean, we, we, you know, don't have the finances for me to not be working, but right. It was that priority, that priority shift in that perspective of what is valuable. And for me, what is valuable is being there to put those girls to bed every night and being, I was watching this. It, I, the moment that broke my heart, I was watching my daughter's soccer game on FaceTime while I was waiting for an appointment with a client to start. 140 miles from home, I had not actually seen her play a single game because I was on the road working. And I'm watching via FaceTime, waiting for an appointment that may or may not pan out. And it just, it broke my heart. I was like, no, no, I fought way too long to get here. So, right, I'm grateful at the moment while we, our money situation has not gotten better, I'm grateful that I'm there to put them to bed. Yeah. I'm grateful to be able to do songs and prayers in person instead yeah. of over the phone mm-hmm. because that's something we do every night, mm-hmm. right? One of the things that helps me with my gratitude is I'm a really big believer in everything has a season right Mm -hmm. uh not not even just like i know there's like a bible scripture that goes that with that as well but just after 40 years of life i know that everything happens in ways right everything has a season so things will change right right now money's a little tight things are a little rough and it's hard to be grateful sometimes when those bills are coming in we're heading towards the holidays, right? This is the silly season when people spend a lot of money. Exactly. And right. I got none. Mm. But I've got my girls. I've got my wife. And that's the world to me. So I take a lot of comfort. One of the ways that helps me stay with a more gratitude focus is remembering that it's a season. Mm. Not like a, a you know winter, or spring, fall. Kind of, but it's a season, right? Yeah. I've had really great years where we were doing really well financially and I was making good money and I didn't worry about things like this. Mm-hmm. So that helps me with my gratitude sometimes is remembering is like, okay, this will pass, right? Mm-hmm. We're going through a season right now. We'll get through it. And I, I really believe that. So mm-hmm. that has definitely helped me uh, as I've focused the last couple of years on trying to live more practical as far as my gratitude, like just stay focused no matter what's going on. It's like, okay, well, God, you know what? I'm grateful I got through today. Yeah. And, and, and I got through it with my family. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you speak to something that's really important and it's prior what you prioritize. And often what you prioritize is going to color the way you look at things from a from a gratitude right you talked about 
being in a job, but sitting, waiting for a client, watching your daughter play on, on FaceTime. And you're like, wait a minute, this, nah, they're my priority. So if they're my priority, it's going to be a little, I'm not going to say it's easy, but at least you, because it's a priority, when you look at your priorities, you can then say, okay, you know what? I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for family. That's a priority of mine. So I'm grateful for that. And does it make, does it cushion all the other things? You know, not necessarily, but it does at least help you to refocus when you need to. And I think that's important for, for us to, to think about is that like nobody's, we're not asking anybody to just be flipped about the stuff that's not going right in your life. Right. I only know one person and if it used to not, not used to, it frustrates me still to this day there. I only know one person who it does not matter what is going on in life is going to say something positive. And that's my mom. And it used to bother me because I'm like, okay, you're not paying attention to what, like I would tell, like I'd tell her, Hey, listen, you know, this and this and this and this is happening. This ain't happening. This is, you know, I'd be complaining to her. And she would say something that would just make me angry. I'm like, did you hear anything I just said? She's like, well, the Lord will provide. Were you listening? <laughs> you know, like you had those moments where like, were you listening to me? You know, but, and, and everybody can't do that. Like everybody. And I think that even takes time. Cause mm -hmm. if, if I ask her and if she's really honest with me, she's in her eighties now. She wasn't born that way, right? Just like we talked about it earlier, you know, there's some level of learning that takes place too to get to that point. So we're not asking you flipping about what's going on in your life that you don't like. But at the same time, we still have to be intentional about one, standing up the things we prioritize. So what is important to you? And I'm almost willing to bet that as you begin to outline the things that are important to you, you'll be able to find things that align to the, to those uh, priorities you're grateful for. For example, family and kids and, you know, my grandson and the fact that my wife is still in my corner, even through the ups and downs. And there's so many things that because those people are my priority, there's so many things I can point to that I'm grateful for just within that vein of, of thing that I, that I prioritize. And so that's important. I like that. You said that that's all that I just said just now, I was kind of just preaching to me for a second because <laughs> that what you said is a great reminder in terms of what you prioritize. Right. Guys, we've been sitting here talking a little bit just about gratitude and appreciation when it's difficult and some of the things that kind of get us through and why it seems to be a struggle for a lot of us. In the next part of the show, we're going to dive into some practices that you can implement in your life to help you build up that daily gratitude and that perspective, just some ideas. And not all of them are going to be perfect for you, but it's like anything else, right? You pick and choose what you think you want to try and what will work for you. Oliver and I will share some of the things that we practice as well as just some general ideas of other people we know. 
We're going to go to our sponsor and we'll be right back from where from all of them or so. How well do you sleep at night? Do you toss and turn and wake up more tired than when you went to bed? Sleep is commonly one of the critical elements people fall short on in their life. The quality of sleep you get directly affects your ability to control your weight, your ability to add muscle, your stress levels, and your everyday job and life performance. If you're ready to move to the next level, then sleep has to be part of the plan. Check out our friends at ghostbed.com if you're ready to get your best sleep. I love my ghost bed. I've been sleeping on one for a couple of years and has made a huge difference in how I sleep. Hit ghostbed.com and use the code thefallibleman30 to get 30% off your order and start getting better night's sleep tomorrow. Now, let's go on to the show. Guys, welcome back. In the last part of the show, we were talking about gratitude and appreciation when it's tough because we all go through those seasons. But with us heading into this holiday season, and especially right here before Thanksgiving, on a day when we're supposed to focus on gratitude, I really wanted to spend some time talking about practical application of inserting daily practices of gratitude in your life. Because as we alluded to at the beginning of the show, it is a actual practice to do this, to work it into your life every single day. So Oliver and I are going to share some of our insights with you as far as things that help us to practice our gratitude more often because we're not perfect at it, but we're certainly trying to live that in our lives. I know I've had a lot of positive changes to my life since I've focused more on gratitude. I think Oliver will say the same thing. So we're going to offer you guys some possibilities, some suggestions for you to try to look at, see what works best for you. Because I promise once you start practicing gratitude on a regular basis, on a daily process, it will have nothing but positive benefits for your life. Now, Oliver, is there anything that you are trying, since I know you've been on this journey lately, is there anything that you are trying to implement in your life to make it more of a daily practice? Yeah. And, and we, we touched on it earlier and I'm, as I'm, as I'm talking about it, I'm trying to look, look it up right now, but being, we talked about it when we talked about the kids and how you said you have to remind your kids to say thank you and to say please. Right. For me, I am, uh, working on being intentional about actually articulating my gratitude. And so what, what I did was I wrote out a list of things and, and I'm looking for that list right now, but I wrote out a list of things and it basically in that list talks about all of the things that I'm grateful for, whether it be family or the fact that God will never leave me or forsake me or, he's not done with me or and there's several things on the list, but what, and, and here I'm not perfect. Let's be clear. I don't get, I don't say it every day. Like the goal really is, but quite often I'll sit here often at this desk that I'm sitting at right now and open that up and actually say them out loud. And for me, just the, I don't know, the cognitive experience of saying that out loud and then hearing it and then it being put into my mind and me visualizing it with my eyes and reading it, all of that motor skills that are involved in that tends to help redirect my thought process, my emotions, uh, redirect me psychologically into thinking a certain way. And typically I try to do that in the beginning of the day to kind of set the tone for the day. Now there are times where I, I may sit here, things aren't working out. I feel like the world is crashing down and it might be the middle of the day. I might pull that list out again 
And then I have some other things too. Um, you can't see off cameras. I have stuff up on the walls that I can, you know, look at and just kind of redirect my thoughts from a visual uh, perspective. So that's something that I do. That's one thing that I do in terms of just trying to be intentional about articulating it, saying it out loud. Okay. I I tend to, one of the things I pride you daily and I'm glad we're very clear about that here on the fallible man. We are not perfect. We <laughs> not, not at all. Not at all. Um, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> one of the ways I actually try and start my day is uh, I, I am a believer. And so I try and start with prayer. Mm. Right. But one of the things I'm very conscientious of when I'm praying is I start my prayer with just saying, thank you. Right. Mm. I, I go through and, and that's, you were saying you articulate the things out loud. Mm -hmm. That's where I articulate the things is gotcha. before I, I don't ask God for things. Like my first prayer of the day, I don't ask God for things. I don't ask God to take care of sick friends or anything. Right. My first prayer of the day, I just start going down the list of everything I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to, be a believer. You don't have to pray. You can do it the way Oliver's talking about doing it, but that's exactly how I try and start. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's in the shower. I know mm -hmm. that's not a pretty picture for anybody who's seen me, but <laughs> that that's, that's in the shower is I'll turn the shower on and I'll sit there and just pray. And I'm articulating out loud, you know, mm -hmm. thank you for another day. Thank you for the, getting me through the night. Thank you for good sleep last night. Thank you for crappy sleep last night. Uh, I guess we got to appreciate the good and the bad, right? There's, mm -hmm. there's a reason it worked. You know, thank you for my daughters. Thank you for my wife, right? And I, and I go deeper than that. I don't, I'm mm -hmm. just not a general thank you for my daughters, right? Right. Um, but I thank God for what's going on in their lives. I thank God for what's going on with my wife and our relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's where I articulate those things. Yeah. So, I do it in prayer. You do it out loud, but that's where I think just starting that day. And I, I think that's a big key to it for me is before the day has a chance to set on. Okay. And guys, let me encourage you have a cell phone and technology dead time in the morning. When you first get up, mm. don't immediately pick up your phone yeah. and start checking email or social media that will just destroy your day. Yeah. Honestly, like there's actually proven psychological research on this already. 30 minutes, an hour every morning without touching your phone. Best, best start to the day. Mm -hmm. um, because there's so much negativity and all that. But starting that day, I know my day goes better when I start the day with gratitude mm -hmm. and focusing on all of the blessings, all of the wonderful things, all the things I appreciate. Right. I don't have a fancy house. I don't have a big fancy, nice house or anything like that. I, I'm not one of those YouTubers who has the, mm -hmm. the mansion or anything. YouTube has not found money wise for me. And so yeah, I, I have an 80 year old house that's beat up. I got things falling apart. I'm working on it all the time, but I'm grateful. There's a roof over my head. Mm -hmm. I'm grateful. I told you before we started reeling that, you know, we've been in sub freezing temperatures on and off for the last month already. So, I'm grateful that I have a warm place for my kids to lay their head, mm -hmm. right? There are people who don't have that. Yeah. So I think starting with that idea right at the beginning of my day really has a huge impact on my perspective for the mm -hmm. rest of the day. 
when I start that way. You ever been into journaling? Are you a gratitude journaler? So I'm not a I'm not a big journaler. I'm I journal in sporadic, right? Um, I'm doing more jotting things down the older I get, but it, but mm-hmm. it is sporadic. But I I will say this though, that when I do put things down, I notice that the way I process whatever that thing is that I'm writing about is different than if I just sit here and spin it around in my head. Okay. I have noticed that. I had a digital one for a while. Like I've never been good at like actually writing on journals. Mm -hmm. I've had so many of my guests over the years talk about, you know, Oh, journaling is so powerful. Journal. I'll (laughs) I'll try and I'll make it for like two days. I'm that way too. It's very sporadic, but I actually had a, a gratitude journal app on my phone for a while. Okay. Um, I think it was back when I was on the Android instead of an iPhone. I'm sure there's one for iPhone, but literally it was just an app. And every night before I started winding down for the night, I went in there and I listed three things I was grateful for Mm -hmm. that day, right? Just a, just a running list. So I had to end my day thinking about gratitude Yeah, right? because yeah, I'm, I'm a technology nerd, so I love paper and pen. I actually like to write stuff, but my handwriting is atrocious. And if I ever want to go back and read it, it doesn't. <laughs> um, my my nine-year-old has better penmanship than I do. They, they tease mm-hmm. me about it. But we also, like that practice of gratitude before bed, that was one of the things mm-hmm. we were trying to do with our girls for a while. We've kind of broken that cycle. And I need to get back into it with them. Mm-hmm. Was one of the things I would ask them every night before they went to bed was, What's one thing that somebody did for you today? What's one thing that you did for somebody today? And what's one thing you're grateful for? Mm, nice. And that was the wind down questions before songs and prayers, right? Mm-hmm. Or as I was putting, sometimes after songs and prayers, as I was putting them in bed mm-hmm. to make sure that their head went to a very positive spot before they went to sleep. Yeah, that's good. Right. So they weren't thinking about whatever movie we just watched or, right, mm-hmm. the day. Their last thoughts were, Oh, so and so did this for me, and and I, I did this, and oh, you know, actually getting that processing in their head before they went, to, they slept better. Mm-hmm. As kids, they slept better. Yeah, that's good. You're saying you listen. I hope that folk are taking note of this because you're you're talking about really being intentional around the way of uh, in in the psychology behind it, right? Because starting your day out. Setting the tone for your day is important. End your day is important. And so you you capping that, starting with prayer, ending with the, you know, sometimes a gratitude journal or the, the songs and prayers and the and the thought questions, you know, around what you're grateful for and what did you do for somebody. What you're essentially doing now is setting a emotional and psychological tone for how you process your day. Now, does that mean the day is going to be phenomenal? It might not be phenomenal, but it's almost like you're setting yourself up for whatever happens during the day, right? So it's, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, it's, it's, it's like taking an umbrella when you leave the house because it might rain. You're setting yourself up for whatever the day brings. And I think that that's, I think that's phenomenal. I think that's very important to, to do that. 
I also some something I I am uh, learning to do is cherish the time that I get to spend. We talked about prioritizing, right? Mm-hmm. And you talked about family being a priority. It, it you know we're we're big in that area as well. Enjoying the time that we get to spend, and because again, using myself as a, an example, there would be times where I'm hanging out with my family physically. But my head would be a million miles away. How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? Call this person. Man, this thing just fell through. Oh, I just looked at this email and that, right? I was a million miles away. One thing I'm learning to do now is be in the moment. If I'm playing with my grandson, if we rolling around on the floor, like everything is right with the world in those moments, right? And that also helps to set the tone for how I approach whatever may come after me. Because there's, it's, it's very difficult for me to just completely switch from the exuberance of rolling around on the floor with him mm-hmm. to being angry. Right. It's just tough to, it's not a light switch. You just can't do it. I can't have time with him rolling around on the floor and then all of a sudden be angry. You know, so I take some of that from a psych- psychological standpoint into whatever I have to come down here and do as well. So, you know, what's what's a really easy one, right? And we, and we touched on it earlier. I said I'm very intentional about, you know, making sure my kids say please and thank you. Mm-hmm. Right. How often, like I told you, my kid called me out on it. How often as adults have we stopped doing that? So true, true. to practice gratitude in your day of your life be intentional about saying thank you at every opportunity, mm. whether that's the barista you're getting your coffee from Good. or the coworker who grabbed whatever you printed off the, off the group printer and dropped it at your desk on the way by. Right. I mean, that that's a little thing we don't even think about. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know everybody who's got a mail room, but I've had coworkers like pick up something. I, I was in the middle of doing something. I printed something totally forgot to print it. They walked by, dropped it on my desk. Like, Hey, I found this on the printer. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, thank you, right? Mm -hmm. Be intentional about using the term thank you and actually physically expressing your gratitude or verbally expressing your gratitude whenever you have the opportunity. When the cashier gives you your change back, they're they're just giving you your change back, right? They should. That's how it works. Say thank you. When they greet you at the door, say thank you, right? It seems like a really little thing but a lot of us as adults got out of this habit. Mm-hmm. And and I know like everybody listening, their mom was like, say please and thank you at some mm-hmm. point right? yeah. in your childhood. Your mom had told you to say thank you. Mm-hmm. Your daddy told you to say thank you. And somehow along the way, we just got out of that habit. We got out, yep. we got out of that habit. Now we talked about writing things down, right? So one of the first, the first Thanksgiving episode I ever did uh, was with my friend Sean, who's pastor. And Sean and his wife had this practice in their house. I never heard of anybody doing it. It's very cool. And they took like a, a roll of butcher paper and they rolled out a floor to ceiling height piece of butcher paper and put it on a blank wall in their kitchen. And throughout the year, they would just walk by and write things they were grateful for on it. That's awesome. Instead of like actively journaling or having this little, mm-hmm. no, they wanted to see it and remember it. 
So they actually put it by the back door into the garage. Mm-hmm. Well, they walked in and out to get to their car all the time in the kitchen in a major room for their house. And him and his wife would just walk by. They kept markers by it and they would write things they were grateful for. I like that. And when they filled that one up, they would tear off another one. They keep that role. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the year around Christmas time, they'd pull out all the roles for the year and just go back through them together as a couple. That's awesome. Uh, Sean, wherever you are, I might have to borrow that one. Right? <laughs> that's a really cool idea. That's a, that's a cool idea. Another that's one I've cool seen idea. is a gratitude jar. Have you heard of this idea? Mm-hmm. Yep. I've heard of that. Yep. Right. I've never, I've thought about implementing that, but I just don't have a place where I'm comfortable setting a big jar in my house. Mm-hmm. I I know my house. It, with there, there are five of us here. My mom lives with us. There are five of us in what's essentially a three bedroom home. So it, like there's there's no extra space but i love i've seen that at people's homes where they have just a jar and they have papers by it and they write down things they're grateful for and throw it down mm-hmm. and when they're having a bad day or when things seem rough they pull out those and they, they pull them out and read mm-hmm. gratitudes that they've written down right so you don't have to like journal you don't have yeah. to put it in your phone right there are there are some really creative ways if you're trying to put something in your life one of the things that if you've ever read James Clear Atomic Habits is you'll find one of the big secrets to adding a new habit to your life, right? And we're talking about gratitude being a habit mm-hmm. is to make it simple and yeah. make it easy to get to, right? Mm-hmm. Approachable, easy to reach, easy to do. That's one of the reasons I like Sean's idea of writing things on this big banner. Mm-hmm. If you have to sit down and dig into your phone, some of us at the end of the day are playing on our phones. Other people are just like, I don't even want to see my phone past a certain time. Right. We know blue light's not good for going to sleep, but having a place where it's easy and it's visible to you, you are visually reminded. Yeah. Makes it easier to ingrain a new habit. I agree. So if gratitude is something you want to like start implementing in your life, if you want to be more focused on having more gratitude in your life, find simple things that are right there present in front of you, make it approachable. Uh, he uses the example in the book about putting a pull-up bar, like one of those door frame pull-up bars in mm-hmm. every time you walk by the door, doing like two pull-ups until he got strong enough to do three pull-ups and you do three ups, right? Mm-hmm because he wanted to incorporate more. One of the guys in the, one of the stories he tells in the book, it's the same idea, right? If you want to practice gratitude as more of an action in your life, then you have to make it simple and you have to make it very present in the middle of your life, right? You put it in the middle. Yeah. Um, my friend Jerry was telling me he read another book similar to atomic habits. And the guy was talking about the 22nd rule because he was trying to replace the habit of watching TV with, reading more books. Mm, okay. So he put like three books on his coffee table that he was reading. He put the batteries for his remote control in one room, the control in another room and the back panel for the control in another room. Mm. Because if he came in and wanted to sit down and watch television, the books were right there in front of him, but he knew he had to get back up off the couch mm-hmm. go to three different rooms and put it all back together and right. it moved in the rooms. Like his family had permission to move it. Mm-hmm. 
So we had to go in the rooms and look for these pieces. Look for it, right. <laughs> right. So it took a minimum of 20 to 30 seconds for him to go find that remote, mm-hmm. put it together and turn on the television. And so for him, it became easy because I'm already on my butt on the couch and the book's right here. Mm. Right. Let me go ahead and do it. Yeah. So it was that application and making it simple. Um, That's good. I, I, I like, I like that. Make it simple. I love the quote that you used because the quote that you use likened it to uh, working out mm-hmm. and like working out. If you want to see results, you have to be consistent. Also like working out. It's probably going to be a little bit tougher on day one than it is on day 101. Right. And so just, just understanding that, Hey, this is a process. And in order for you to see results, you're going to have to be consistent. You're going to have to keep it simple as in a workout, right? On day one, we're not lifting, you know, 850 pounds because that's, we, we're not capable. We don't have the capacity to do that on day one. Right. So same thing applies, right? If you, if you're trying to create this pattern of gratitude, like you said, making it simple, accessible, easy to grasp, being consistent with it and understanding that the beginning of this may not look as wonderful as when you get a little bit further down the road. And so that, that's, that's important. And here's a surprise bonus for your relationships, whatever relationships, expressing gratitude regularly to the relationships you have. It's game. How often do the people who have a regular relationship with you, whether that's a friend or a romantic relationship, your spouse, your kids, actually hear gratitude from your lips and in your actions to them? Uh, we have a local Christian radio station that has a, I think it's, things, I think it's November. It's a random acts of kindness, November. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's things like, hey, Pay, pay for the order for the person behind you. Mm-hmm. Now, that can be a loaded gun, guys, because uh, there are some <laughs> people who order yeah. like six cups of coffee at the drive thru So <laughs> don't be behind the guy who's getting coffee or, or in front of the guy who's getting coffee for his business or yep. his company because that's right. <laughs> But I've had this happen to me once, right? Just randomly, someone paid for my meal. I was going through a drive thru and while it made them feel good to do this, right? And I don't, I don't know who did it, but it made me reflect. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, that was just generous, right? Like it, that, that brightened my do- day. And for a moment, there was just gratitude. It's like, wow, they didn't have to do that, right? That's mm-hmm. it was, first. It was a little weird that it was like. That was very cool, right? So you can pry random acts of kindness and it doesn't have to be total strangers. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of those. Yeah, I, I like that. I like the random acts of kindness. I also like for, and, and this may not work for everybody, but some people will get into this. Gamify it. Like really make it a point to not let anything get by you. Like even the smallest things. Right. So you, you, uh, I don't know, you, you, 
you come in, it's wet outside and you go into the store and you kind of slide a little bit, but you don't really fall. You're like, oh, shoot. Man, I'm so grateful I didn't just fall and bust my head open just now. Just little things like gamified. Exactly. (laughs) Just anything that you think, because here's the thing. There's often things, going back to what we were saying in the beginning, there's often things that we kind of dismiss. And I don't even think sometimes we do it intentionally. It's just, it slips by us because it's just not as prominent as maybe whatever the other things are that we're going through. But if you look back, Throughout your day, you're like, oh yeah, you know what? I um I I almost dropped this glass today and or I dropped the glass and it didn't break. Man, I'm grateful for that because that would have been a problem, right? You know, just little things. And and as you kind of get, because you're talking about, right, keeping it simple, mm-hmm. practical, something that you can grasp, as you just get used to thinking that way, you're creating a habit that allows you to think that way. So now you incorporate the small things and the big things guys we got to land this plane because it's gonna episode's gonna get really long <laughs> I, I have to put a timer on with with oliver because him and i can hey I, we can I, go forever we were on the phone for almost three hours the other day so yeah. I, I gotta put a timer on when i do these with him because we just have a lot of fun working together now i know all of you are just dying to know the answer so here's your thanksgiving trivia all right let's okay. see how we do what percentage of Americans eating tur- are eating turkey for Thanksgiving? You guessed at 76%. The answer is 86%. Mm. I am not part of that 86%. There is no turkey in my household. Okay. Worked on a live doc at a turkey plant. Long story. Ending is I haven't been able to eat turkey since. Yeah, trust me. You don't even have to tell me the story. Just the fact that you work there. I get it. <laughs> I get it. The Macy's Day... Thanksgiving parade route, you guessed it's a mile and a half. The answer is it is two and a half miles long. Two and a half miles, okay. I can even tell you the maximum blue size, because I was looking things up for the show, is uh, 70 feet. Mm. And Macy's Thanksgiving parade. Now, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, because I'm asking about the Macy's Day parade, you guessed it was started in 1934. Congratulations, it actually started in 1934. Nice. I got one. Got right. <laughs> you guys are not familiar with the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Like I said, I wasn't even sure they were still doing it, honestly, because I just haven't had like uh, cable television or something like that in years. Mm-hmm. So I remember as a kid getting up and growing up and watching it every Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they still did it. But if you guys don't know what we're talking about, turn on the Thanksgiving Day Parade. It happens every year. It's phenomenal. It's one of the biggest parades of the year. And these gigantic balloons and shows. It's very cool. They cover it really well. It used to be a major part of my Thanksgiving. So, you know, you guys go and check that out. Oliver, if people want to find you, where is the best place to find you? People want to find me. If you're a social media person, the handle is Denali LLC, D-E-N. It's my wife's first three letters of my wife's name, Denise, O-L-I. First three letters of my name, LLC. Denali LLC is a handle on all social media. Um, And then Denali.org, www.denali.org is the website. Please come check us out. Shoot us a message. We love to meet new people and have great conversations. So check us out. Guys, and and if you're looking for great relationship insights and advice, uh, seriously, go, go check them out. Okay. Sarah and I have been married for 22 years. And 
Oliver's channel, him and Denise have great, great stuff that we still look at and enjoy that adds value to our marriage at 22 years. We know that part of marriage and part of a healthy relationship is continual work. And they are a great source for that. So go check that out and see what he's got going on over there. And guys, as we wrap up this special Thanksgiving episode of the Fallible Man podcast, I hope our talk with Oliver has given you some good ideas about being more thankful every day, even when things are tough, because I know that everybody has struggles and this part of the year is hard for a lot of people. Remember, being grateful doesn't mean ignoring problems. It means finding strength in them, even when it's difficult. So let's aim to make gratitude a, a habit every day and it can change how we see things. So take a moment today, write down three things you're thankful for after you listen to this show, no matter how small it, they, they don't have to be like earth shattering things, guys. There's a lot to be grateful for in your life and share them with someone else. Let's keep this grateful feeling going on, not just during the holidays, but every day. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening. And let's keep gratitude in our lives. For Oliver, for myself, better tomorrow because of what you do today. We'll see you on the next one. This has been the Fallible Man Podcast. Your home for everything man, husband, and father. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more content and get your own Fallible Man gear.